I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. And I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Halim. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and yes, we are back for another great episode of Starve Talk. Listen, I got this lovely young lady here, and you know I got a thing for authors. You know, I'm a three-time author myself, and when I wrote my first book, I was reborn. I promise you. Um, I talk to people all the time and tell people that I found my lane. 40 years on this earth, almost 41 years, I found my lane. I thought that my lane was some other things. But boy, and now I'm a three-time author, and I got about six of them <laughs> in the queue, ready to go. I even convinced my daughter to become an author, and she has two books. So I have a thing for authors, more importantly, a thing for black authors, because I don't feel as though we tell our story enough. I don't think we let our people know how we overcome um, you know, our tribulations and our trials enough, especially in the um, form of writing. That's going back to our ancestors. That's how we did it. And so when this sister, when I got in contact with this sister and she was telling her story and she put it in the book, I'm like, yes, we need this. This is what we need. So without further ado, I want everybody to, to give a round of applause <laughs> to this beautiful sister here, author Shawnee Chantel. How you doing, sister? I am blessed. I am blessed. How you feeling? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with okay. you this in this afternoon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Hey, no problem. No problem. Again, I'm just grateful for your story. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna let you tell it best. But I'm just grateful for your story. Grateful for your you being able to overcome, and then more importantly, being willing to talk about it and 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 in a book form. So. Let's um let's start from the beginning. You know, you rocking and rolling, you're you're in your career, everything like that. What were you doing before you went through the things that you started to go through? Okay, well before I was actually working within a medical field, so I was working at Arkansas Heart Hospital, always had a um energy to serving others. So I just kept on within a medical field. Um I ended up gaining my medical degree and that was just where that was just where I was at, you know. I'm young. I'm 36 years old. I come from an upbringing that you got to work hard for everything that you want. Very respectable upbringing. I was a teenage mom. And then everything that in my life actually lines up to where I am now. Okay. And so I'm just on this wonderful journey um, just to share my story um, with everyone. Yeah, I, I love it. So medical field. So you've been in the medical field. We talked a little bit off camera You've been in the medical field from the door, like, you know, as a teenager. So how was that? I cried before I walked a little bit, but, you know. No, no. You know, a lot of people don't know what they want to do. And, um, you know, as a teenager, you're just trying multiple things and you're trying to figure it out. You know, how was it that you just jumped into this and then you stayed there? Was it, do you feel like you were stuck or you feel like you found your passion? Actually, I believe that I found my passion because at the time um, I had an aunt who was diagnosed with an uncurable disease. She passed away at the age of 15, right beside me. And from there, I knew that I wanted to be a part of some form of research and some form of medical. Um, and so from there, I just kept on just aligning myself 
with hands-on with working with people and then I went into administration and then I went to school so I just knew that I had to service others and medical field is just where I fit it yeah and I mean and that's fine because again a lot of people you know don't figure it out um even at, in their older age you know and a lot of times because they haven't tried a lot of things but you are like hitting a lottery ticket when you can find out what you want to do at a young age and then actually do it, you know, that's right. like hitting a lottery. So, you know, um, that's a great situation. So when young sisters or young people period ask you about that, you know, what's your advice for them trying to figure out what they want to do with their career? You said 15, that's, that's all the questions that they ask. And what are you going to do when you grow up? What do you want to do? You about to go to college or you about to get out of high school before you know it. What, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Well, to be honest, um, that really, that, that is what I desired to be within a medical field, but that wasn't my purpose. I never knew my purpose. I just knew that I fit it in caring for others. Where I'm at now is actually my purpose, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm striving at. And I will tell anybody that if you do not know where you're going, you don't know your purpose, you know, give it some time. Trust the process because you, you're going to figure it out along the way. You know, it just takes time because some people just jump in knowing their purpose, but people like me <laughs> has to go through something so tragic in order to open the door of the purpose that God has for me. Well, you know, um, I tell people all the time because I one of the things I do is train entrepreneurs, new and, you know, existing entrepreneurs. And everybody talks about passion, 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 which I love passion. I want people to follow their passion. Well, not follow their passion. I want people to take their passion with them. I tell people, if you're driving in the car, your passion should be in the glove compartment. Mm. You know, not, you know, following That's passion. Because the definition of passion is an uncontrollable emotion. And so that's needed for certain scenarios, but that's not something you need to use all the time. So you got your registration in your car. You know, you know you need that. Absolutely. But you might get pulled over on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? And so, but, but you know you got it. And so you need that. Um, but your vehicle can change. And, you, you know, your vehicle to get into your purpose can change. But whatever vehicle, you might want to bring your passion along with you, like your registration. And then when you get to that destination, you know, when you're in your purpose, then you can actually start performing and doing what you do. And so when I hear that, but again, being so young, we don't even do that, right? Like we're trying to find so many things and it's like, understand you start the process. This might be the thing that make you the money. Cause if you're broke and you're not making money, not earning and making you feel good about yourself, you're not going to perform at anything. You're not going to feel good in your relationships. You're not going to feel good when you're in front of your children. You're not going to feel good. And when you're in front of your peers, you're not going to do anything right. So that's one of the things that stability um, for me, I want to applaud you for that. And I want to highlight that because we're trying to find so many microwavable ways to be on as opposed to just staying in the game. Cause like people don't hit home runs all the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, but for me, it was just that why though, like my daughter having a daughter at the age of 15 and then having to finish school and then a threat of being homelessness. It was that why that I had to figure out something I had to work. Mm. I had to work in order for her to eat in order for myself to eat. So I just had that why I had something to push me, something more important than myself. Love it. And so with that said, I just had to get it. I just had to work. And then I figured it out along the way uh, to, to go within the medical field. But once I got in there and I worked with doctors and everything, 
um then i had my event that went on with led would led me to like just just writing a book um so now i'm a patient i'm the out per, the person we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that but, yeah so <laughs> i say it's your why it's your why and my child was my why yeah so definitely me to, to eat I love it. I love it. Do you feel that someone at 15, outside of it being something like a major life event, like having a child, should understand their why? Um, I believe so, you know, um, because if you don't know who you are, you don't know really too much of where you're going. Okay. Everybody has a purpose. And you may not know it then, and you go through all these challenges and things of that nature, but you got to know one thing. We're only here for a short period of time, so you ain't got much time to figure it out. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you should understand what you like, you know, just kind of break it down, write it down, what you like, what you don't, and just just go in it, you know. Yeah. Um, and just, just, just follow, just follow it. You got big dreams, take steps to get there, and then excel. So, so yeah, it's important to know who you are or what you like or, yeah. you know, a future mindset of what you're trying to do. I love you it. You want to die and you have a legacy. I love it. I love it. So you said you're 36 now. I am 36. Okay. Yeah, I'll be 37 in about August 16th. Okay. I'm a Leo. Okay. <laughs> I get along with Leos. So <laughs> you, okay, so you started working and you had your child at 15. What was the next five years like? Well, the next five years after that, um, so I end up graduating high school, of course, and then I end up getting married, mm. and then at that marriage led led to a um, pretty good lifestyle. But I, then I end up getting divorced, and then I went into my thirties. So my thirties, it was like all about me and my kids. It was like I'm going to jump out of airplane. I'm going to just live my life to the fullest. So the next, so the end part, it was like I'm just going to live. You jumped. You jumped up fifteen years, girl. I said the next five years. <laughs> Look, that, that was everything happened so fast. Everything happened it, so fast. It so, felt like you know, I don't remember. And, and I asked you that because, again, I, again, we talk about starve, you know, starve, stand tall, and reclaim victory every day, right? So we all been in a situation with a sister like yourself, who possibly and young brothers who had kids at that age, and everybody wanted to dispel the myth that your life isn't over. You know what I'm saying? Well, it might not have been what you planned to do at that time, but I wanted to get a picture and paint a picture of what that next five years looked like. What 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 changes? What adjustments did you have to make? Did you um not like, were you a cheerleader? You know, uh, were you were you you know, and then you wasn't cheering cheering anymore. Were you hanging out with the girls a lot, and now you chose not to because of 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 you know what happened? Like all of those things because. This is about the, the overcoming. This is about decision. This is about discipline. This is about understanding these steps because I always tell this story um, when I'm talking to people. I hate it. And I got to stop using that word, but I didn't like Eric Thomas, the speaker, because I'm from North New Jersey originally. We yell. We big, you know, we right outside of New York. We big mouth, too. So all he yelling, 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 y'all, you, you, you want to sleep? You don't want to get up and run? And I'm sitting there like, man, people got to go to sleep, dude. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you want people to be up all night doing like, that don't make no sense. But it wasn't until I read his book and I literally would listen to other motivational speakers like Les Brown and other people like that. And then I started hearing some more of him where he was actually telling his story. Like, he was saying that he 
went to bed at 6 or 7 o'clock at night to get up at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, that's discipline. That's not you're dying of sleep deprivation to, to do this video. You're actually disciplined and saying, forget partying, forget all that. I'm going to go to bed early so I can get up and do what I need to do. And because this is what the YouTube numbers is telling me what I need to do in the algorithm and all that other stuff. Now, that makes more sense to me. But because of stuff like that, and it's so many more people that's like that that's not telling the whole story, we get confused and we get in that lottery syndrome and we got one person that's winning and then you got a million people that follow behind them and lose. Because think about it. How many people go play the lottery? It's only probably going to be one or two winners, mm-hmm. but two million played. Wow. And yeah. you understand what I'm saying? And nobody can tell you is a system of how to win the lottery. We're all just saying he did it, so let me do it. And if it's a system, everybody will be able to do it. And so when a sister like you able to tell me you're an author at 36 years old, right? And you 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 went through a trial, which we're going to get into, but you've been able to overcome it. And you had a child at 15. And you, the, in between that split, some things happened. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just, from the time I had the child and I graduated, I got my apartment and I just worked. That's what I'm talking about. I just worked until just something happened to place. And, you know, I I was married and everything. So it was all... Work. I was. I had to put on my put on my season folks say my big girl the big girl panties. <laughs> so I was a child raising a child. So I just had to take care of business because all I knew that I brought this child into the world and I had to grind and take care. So I didn't figure it out till late in life. Yeah. And so so from those uh, from a teenager on to my maybe mid to late twenties, I didn't even figure it out. You know, I just jumped into the medical field really late. And yeah. As far as my degree go. Uh, but I just been working, and yeah, I did some things. You know, I, I had my little fun. I ain't gonna lie. Nah, I know, and 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 that needs to be. I, I I grew up, and I knew that the person I used to be, I'm not no more. Places I used to go, I don't go. <laughs> and things I used to say, I don't say no more. <laughs> the Lord came into my life. What what was your what was your your um support system like? You know, was your family around? support system and um you know in and out of life I was I was raised from a single parent home of course um, my mom my dad they divorced um, they were together for 16 years so I was raised by a village you know my grandparents my cousins yeah we all strong knit and so by um coming from a single parent household you know that really taught me how to be the best mother and person that I can be as a woman yeah as a young black woman and my mom always worked hard, so that was always instilled in me um, at an early at an early age. But we have a good relationship now. What really brought us closer together was, you know, it's it's, it's my cardiac arrest. So that really brings a family so close. Yeah, but we always been close. You know, I have um, two other sisters and no brothers. Um, but yeah, strong I, sisters. I, I, I've been blessed to have good family. I've yeah. Been blessed. You can't choose them. No, you and you don't want to. But you see how important you see how important it is to have that discussion because we don't want. I don't want to leave them out. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you had support. You had some people saying you can do it. You know, they, you had some people. I don't know. We all got nicknames. So I don't know what your nickname was, but somebody was calling you. See, mine was actually Nisi. See, mine was actually. <laughs> 
So everybody was, Nisi, you got it. Nisi, you got it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I got you. I mean, there were, there were times that, that I was tried. There were times where I had to trust my own desire. And yeah, of course. That I, that I couldn't go, you know, because there are families that is, that not all of them are for you. And this is be real. Yeah. For, but my media family, you know, they were, they always supported me no matter whatever I do. They always supported me in life and everything. And so, but, you know, it was my own desire. It wasn't about, you know, uh, I had support. Yeah. But I had to figure it out for myself. Yeah, and no I doubt. I know that it was my goal and that Nisi had to do Nisi. Well, you know, the thing is, is there's two things that come from that question. Is that somebody who is, is somebody's parent who that 15-year-old daughter just had a child is saying it's okay to support her. And then another young lady who just, the young lady who had the baby at 15 is saying, I might, you know, hey, I do have support. It's okay. I can get through this, you know, with my support. So, you know, so I just want, I don't want to miss these types of things because right. our stories are way more than just the blurb that we want to put out to market our book or what, who we are today. You know, if you don't know how somebody, what somebody had to go through to build that pyramid, it wouldn't be an amazing story. You just see the pyramid. It's amazing. But when you start to think about, they didn't have technology. They had bulldozers back in those days and all those other things. So that makes it even more amazing when you get a chance to see it. So I want, I want to build up to Nisi. I want to build up to Nisi, the author, you know what I'm saying? I want to build up to that situation. So you you don't that wasn't your only child that you had so it wasn't the only child now I'm gonna be honest again my mom did show me some tough love yeah I had a baby at a young age don't get me wrong um she supported me but I had to be the one to take care of that baby yeah and she was she was grandma and she was a loving caring grandma she still is <laughs> but it was all up on me yeah it was all up on me and so I, I just had her to to uh to my support system but yeah, having that baby at a young age, it was all up on me. So when did you have your next child? So my next child, I actually had my next child 18 years later. Wow. And yeah, so by the time I had my next one, um, it was 18 years later. And then less than six months, I had another one. Okay. So I don't know how this all came about. I just didn't think I was going to ever have no more. But it, it's all it's all aligned with God's purpose. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it was time. It wasn't ready for me to have those two two child because their existence is what led to my purpose. Yeah. So we, now we're going to get, because I know you want to get into this portion of it, you know, but we got to give people backstory, you know what I'm saying? Because, again, like somebody that's been through what you've been through and they wasn't doing nothing with their life or they didn't have anything to you know, um, not everybody got something to live for, but, you know, they're not really, you know, yeah. doing anything or moving around. Did you really disturb anything? God, sometimes God steps in for people even when they, you know, like he ain't take you out of anything. He actually probably woke you up <laughs> because you probably wasn't doing nothing. Oh, I had plenty of blessings. You know what I'm saying? So, but I had plenty of blessings too. But you, you, you have three kids because this, this stuff happened after you had all your children, right? Okay, so now, see, this is what I'm talking about. So this is painting the picture, right? So you have three children. You're working. You're, you're moving around. You're doing what you're doing. And then tell us what happened to you. Okay, so I had the two-year-old, and then less than six months, 
I was pregnant with her sibling. And I went in to have her and I had a um, scheduled tubal ligation right after delivery. And so... Um, Hold up. Tell everybody what's a tubal ligation because I don't know. Oh, well, a tubal ligation is a, um, is a procedure that takes place that it, that it keeps the, the mother from having another child or a future child. It, it's intended for you not to have any more children. Oh, okay. So that's when it's like, oh, the tube's tied. I'm like, get, get my tube tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to say the hood version. <laughs> you got your tubes, uh, tubes tied. Now, people going to talk about me. Jay, you supposed to know what that is. <laughs> I'm like, ain't nobody ever said tubulation. Everybody in the hood said, I got my tubes tied. I'm with you. You know that I got them things burnt and snipped at the ends. There ain't no way. <laughs> now I got them tubes tied supposedly. Yeah. So I went in to get the tubes tied. The um the surgery took longer than expected, but I didn't know that at the time. Uh, from there I just started going downhill. So on the sixth day, I was still in the hospital. Usually when a mother have a child, you know, she go home in a couple of days or the same day. Well, you get the two tied. Usually you'll go home the same day unless you in a hospital. You have a uh, you be there a couple of days. Anyway, so I got the two tied on the sixth day. I end up having a real bad um, infection. Like I, I was so hot. My mom and my sister, that was like something is going wrong. She um, she keep on being hot. And so. They prompt the nurse to look into my condition. Yeah. Well, the nurse said the doctor gone, gone is has went home. My mother, she was so adamant, in it and she said, "No, bring him back." So they end up doing a CT. Um, that test showed that I had fecal matter going throughout my bloodstream. So then I went into emergency exploratory surgery, is what they call it. So really, it just opened me up to see what the problem is. And when they opened me, opened me up, it was like a lot of infection poured out. And then I had a bunch of abscesses. Trying to find out the doctor who tied my tubes um, put a hole in my intestines. Wow. And so I ended up, so she ended up cleaning me out, get, gave me a wound back, and gave me some drainage and everything. And I ended up going to um, critical care unit. And then the coaches came back that I had three deadly infections. And from there, I ended up having collapsed lungs. And then on my birthday, which is August 16th, um, I usually try to do something very, you know, exciting for my birthday to try to remember my birthday. But this, this particular day, I ended up in a hospital. I was still in a hospital. So instead of having cake and ice cream and friends and family, I had the news that you got congestive heart failure, you have renal failure, you have respiratory failure. And um, so... Then I got a little better and moved to the floor, end up having double pneumonia. Mm. So I was like, you know, I can't survive no double pneumonia. I'm already weak and everything. And I survived that because my parents was able to um, help me to walk around the hospital. And the doctor would turn me off. I had uh, bed sores and everything. So single pneumonia wasn't good enough for you. Huh? Single pneumonia wasn't good enough for you, huh? You had to have double double pneumonia double but i end up uh, so i end up beating pneumonia in three days okay so getting a little better and a little birdie told me that if you want to get out the hospital you got to work the doctors every doctor that you see and i saw about seven of them and it started like around four o'clock in the morning so i'm like i'm ready to go home ready to go home i can do it i've been here too long i want to see my baby i'm ready to go home so i made it all through the doctors 
then I finally got that approval that I'm scheduled to go home. My sister came and we um, sung praise of God and everything. Just the usual, you know, she come by because she worked. She, I, I, really, she worked uh, very close to the hospital. Came by, we sang a praise of God, you know, chilling, laughing. And she left me with, I love you, sis. I see you in the morning because she was scheduled to come pick me up. Now, needless did I know that by the time she made it home, um, a nurse rushed in and asked me how I was doing because the heart monitor team was contacted. My heart rhythm was off. Wow. By the time she made it in, by the time the head doctor made it in, I jumped out of, I jumped back to stabilize. And then 15 minutes later, the heart monitor team called the head nurses like a cold blue. Everybody mm. rushed in. Then the head doctor said, well, I just left the 15 minutes. Came in and said, how, how am I doing? Immediately, I flatlined. Wow. And my heart stopped. And luckily, they was there um, from what... I was told they had, um, I received five shots. They had a loop of device over me and they worked on me for like 20 minutes. Now, immediately when my heart stopped, I was like, now that's strange. I'm here, but my body is over there. Mm. In reference to, I was no longer connected to the body. I'm like, oh, I just died. And then I'm like, I didn't mean to die because I've been fighting. I didn't made it through, I, I didn't pass on a congestive heart failure, the renal failure, the double pneumonia, all that. I didn't mean to die because it felt so easy. And then I remember in my thought, I was like, I was leaving back behind my kids, you know, my, um, my newborn and my one-year-old at the time. Mm. And so, cause I had to give her the one-year-old to her first time dad, um, up to six months because I was, she was discharged, but I wasn't. But anyway, um, I began to feel very nervous. And as soon as I felt nervous, I just felt the overwhelming peace and love that I was going to be okay. And once I became comfortable, I started going through this tunnel and started start seeing rays of lights. And I was seeing music, just magical. The light was calling me, you know, it was still welcoming and biting. And I knew at that time I was like, I'm about to meet God. Because from my upbringing, mm-hmm. it was like God is the truth and the light. So I'm about to meet God. So this is okay because everything is, is beautiful, right? And so um, I remember passing prayers because I knew that these prayers was all for me. And I'm sure that so many prayer warriors was praying up on my behalf uh, for my health and for me to, to fight. And so once I passed those prayers, I began to flow within this garden. And I remember this lily flower that was speaking to me. Now, I will assume I really think that this lily flower was God speaking to me because I can see the flow from the roots between life and energy. And I didn't see the face of God, but I surely know he existed. And so a lot of that 20 minutes is a blur, but I'm, but I believe that I'm sharing what's most important. Mm. And the most important message is love that God exists. And, and for us to take heed to, to being loved. So that's why the book is called God within the lily because that lily was God speaking to me and that was my rebirth. Mm. And now that I didn't jump back into my body, I was, um, they put me in a deuce coma to take the pressure off my brain and my heart. And since I was with that oxygen for 20 minutes, of course I had, I was a vegetable, but there was a lot of things that was once simple that wasn't simple no more. Swallowing, I yeah. had tremors, I had stroke-like symptoms. Because even when I did finally get discharged after 54 days, the following day, I ended back up at the hospital, different hospital, because I was scared to go to the other one. 
um, because I was having stroke-like symptoms. Yeah. And they kept me for three days. And then. So 57 days. Huh? So 57 days. So 57 days. Now, then after I left there, my dad get the call because he was speaking on my behalf because I was talking like a little baby. I couldn't speak. Yeah. And so after I left there, he get the call for me to go back to the hospital because now I got E. coli. Oh, and wow. I cried and I cried. And I was like, Lord, I can't, I don't, I don't know. I can't do this no more. I do not want to go back to the hospital. So another doctor called and said, we can treat your E. coli at home. And I haven't been back to the hospital since. But I do have a, I do have a pacemaker, ICD, which was put in December the 4th of 2019. But it haven't shocked me anything. And then I end up being on um, a lot of pills after discharge. And I had hair loss. And um, I've been going through uh, counseling. And, and a year later after, I'm be real with you, a year later after I was discharged, okay, I was sitting at home watching television. It was a lady getting CPR because she was going to cardiac arrest. Well, then I started to have flashbacks of my experience mm. and that would last me to a deep depression. I had anxiety. I was, um, I was mad and angry because I start to remember things because I didn't remember the event because they gave me something to wipe out that memory. But what, but what they couldn't wipe out is what God wanted me to share. And so my dad suggested that I go see a psychiatrist. Uh, just to process and cope with these type of feelings and everything that I've been through because I was jobless. I, um, I, I didn't have my baby for her first six months of life. You know, I, I didn't know who I was because I was in a body that has a wound back, has an IV in one arm. Then I had to carry the baby in the other one with a backpack with the IV medicine. And so I was going through so many things that I really needed to um, get understanding about. And through calendars of sessions, the psychiatrist stated, Shanice, won't you write a book? By the time you come back to me, the next session, you better have that book written. So, so by the time I came back to her, I said, guess what? Hold on, hold on, real had, fast. The book. Hold on one second, real fast. So you said they gave you something that made you forget. Isn't that wild? They got something to, to give you to wipe out the memory of, um, I guess, being in a deuce coma or flatlining or something. So, wow. So they confirmed that? That's confirmed that they have something that, that can actually do that? Absolutely. And my mom told me that, too. So and it's wow. a part of everything that I mentioned to you medically is a part of my medical record. So I have read some things as well, which is what I share within the book. So I'm like, let me get these timelines right. Let me get this medical stuff yeah. right before I completely share it. But, yeah, they gave me something to wipe out the memory. I guess they didn't want me to remember because I was already having – uh, volume loss and brain injury, so they didn't want to put me, I guess, in a panic attack. I guess, but that's that's why. that's your decision, right? That's you. You can, you know, they can't take that decision away from you. And more importantly, you know, obviously, it's a driving force for this book and your motivation. So, you know, um, but that 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 struck me when you said that. I'm like, wow, I never heard of nothing like that. So, mm-hmm. you're going through all of these situations and seem like they won't let up on you, and then you go. Were you against the psychiatry, or did you just you were welcoming the put that that you like um, going to that? You know what? First and foremost is I didn't know the medical term PTSD or near death experience. Right? Um, I didn't know anybody 
other than because um, it hit my family really hard. So my dad was also seeing seeking help as well because what affect me affects affects a lot of us. Yeah. And so I didn't really know much about it. I wasn't totally against it. Um, I just didn't know it for myself. Yeah. You know, um, but I but I knew that it was so much weight that I couldn't carry on my own. And if there was a professional out there who can help me and and, and talk with me, someone I can really express to because it's different when you're talking to a psychiatrist and you're talking to your family, your friend. It's just kind of different. Yeah. And so um so with telling her a lot of things have come about through different sessions and and then that's when she gave me um the recommendation of, of writing the book. Yeah. So I'm a I, I'm for psychiatry because I know that it, it helped me. That's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to talk about real fast because you know in our community um, yeah, I didn't hear a lot of black people would like take in. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, um, I wanted to definitely highlight that and, and, and see what your thought process was. And, yeah, I wasn't a part and, of the status quo. Never been. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, they say black people don't jump out of airplanes either, but, you know, or swim, but, hey. Nah, we, 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 we going to get to that. We going to get to that. <laughs> so, when you, okay, you're in there and she tells you to write a book, what's your response to that? Well, first of all, I didn't know where to start. So she just said, start writing. But you were, you were down for it as soon as she said it? She was like, I bet. You was like, I bet, let's do it. I'm going to do it. Or you was like, no, that's not me. I, 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 I just, I try. I write everything down. I didn't know too much about it. So I started doing research. So I came home, I written down. I actually, I typed it up, right? And then I'm like, well, now that I've written everything down, now I'm supposed to do with it. And so I did my little research and find a publisher. So I said, so I reached out to a publisher, right? And then um, that's how everything come about. But yeah, anything, I trusted my psychiatrist. And plus, I knew that I was with her for maybe four or five months. I'm still seeing her and things of nature. But I trust her recommendation. Mm -hmm. And I knew if she telling me to do it, there was some type of therapeutic healing in it. And it was. Although it, it set me back in my mindset at times where I had to reflect yeah. on the advantage yeah. more to get it out there, but I just made myself vulnerable because I knew at the end of the day it was something that needed to be told. And it wasn't for me because if I was denying it, I'd be denying God and his miracle. And I, I couldn't do that. I love I it. That. I love it. So you 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 got went ahead on, you got started on writing the book. I know you said in the beginning, at what part with of the book did you start to get your breakthrough? Well, I think the full breakthrough kind came at the completion. Mm. It did take me long to write it. I just wrote everything from what I remember and what I felt. I written it down. Then after I written it down, I made sure that I had information to back it up, which was my medical records, mm. right? And so after knowing all of this and reading my medical records, it was like thousands, thousands, well, over thousands of pages. Mm. Um, I started to understand the situation a whole lot better from a medical standpoint. And I just felt a weight lifted because now I said everything. I'm, I'm not holding anything back. You know, whatever, all the stuff that happened is in the book is there. So now I just feel it's all about um, pushing forward with the book. Yeah. Because I said everything, so all that, all that's lifted. It's not on me. That's everything. Everything is in God's hands. Did, I ain't got that weight. Did you feel like there. you got what you wanted to get out of um, completing the book? Outside Absolutely. of okay, Absolutely. 
but that was my um and and now I'm learning that the author's path or the author's community because um this is something that I I am unfamiliar with and even with social media and things I just got to learn and everything because what was so easy to me is the medical field but all I knew was my psychiatry told me to write the book yeah from there I released some of my anguish and I released some of my cuz I didn't have any dignity I was kind of angry that she did that to me, you know, just going back. So I had to realize that it was all about God's purpose. Everybody makes mistakes. And I wouldn't take any, I wouldn't change any of it, any of it, uh, because everything led to this point. When you said she, you you was referring to the doctor that, that made the mistake. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's tough. You know, when I wrote my first book, I never cried so much, like not during, but after the fact. It's like, cause I speak and I, I've had speaking engagements where I'm, um, the last time was last July. I, <laughs> I was at a function and, uh, I, I, it just kept started coming out. And I remember last May was the worst. I was like, I couldn't even really get through. I got through my, I'm, I'm headlining, I'm, I'm speaking. And I, it just, because when you start talking about things that you kind of suppress for years, and yours was just right up on it, so it wasn't that long. But I had my first book was about me, and so it was things that were suppressed for years, and so it was definitely a breakthrough experience for me once I got through it, um, during and after the fact, immediately after, because it was just like you had to address things. I was able to forgive certain people. I was able to address things that I had in my you know, beef with you know for a long time, and so that's why I asked that question because. I think that it's a healthy way to get that out for our people who not who haven't crossed over and wanted to go and see a psychiatrist. You know, um, you can start here, but I still think you should go see some see a professional. Um, I totally agree with it as well. Um, investing yourself, investing in the professional, a lot of jobs offer that. You know, um, situation, and so what's different about you now, the author, than prior to you being the author? Well, what's different about me now is I am really just enjoying my babies. I mean, I'm noticing every little thing and I am better with my health. You know, I'm, I eat different and I am more cautious. I no longer am as adventurous as I was. I know I can't do that jumping out airplane stuff, but I'm more aware of who I am and I'm more aware of my surroundings and everything. So really, it's, it's all about just living life and just living every single moment as though it counts. I um, connect with people. So networking and telling my story is totally different for me. This is out of my comfort zone. I can talk, but it's different when you have to talk about yourself and what you've seen and what you've been through. Yeah. But I think what really made the process a whole lot easier for me as far as the book was having a publisher. I knew that I needed help and I had to realize that because um, I was an independent person, so I didn't, I wouldn't accept help or I thought I could do everything on my own. But now at this point, I realize that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. And she, uh, she was my help to go ahead and, and, and get my story out. And, and now she's a, a friend. So I love it. I love it. What's the message? Tell me the message that you want somebody to take from your story. So I just really want someone to, to say that. Uh, because it's something that I said and the courage that I have about telling my story, what happened, 
that it saved their life, that it helped them in some form of way, that it inspired them to follow their purpose, that it followed them to take better care of their health. And, you know, and, and it takes forgiveness. It takes forgiveness and everything, but, but also having a relationship with the higher being. You know, that's very, very important. And I just want people to just to know that, that just to be inspired about my story. And um, because what you see now is not what you, what you, what would have been seen like two years ago. And that's the beauty of you don't look like, you don't look like whatever you've been through. Mm -hmm. And so I just want people just to be inspired that it's okay if you go through certain things, but just to get back up. Yeah. Just to get back up. So before we close this thing, I know you've been talking about this adventurous Nisi. So tell us a little bit about some of the adventurous things you was doing and, and, and see if somebody might be motivated to do some of this adventurous stuff. Well, well, now with the stuff that I can remember, because, you know, I got some brain loss around here, some, some volume loss in my brain. But I can remember things that I decided to do on my birthday because mm. I realized that I grew up so fast. So I didn't have time to really enjoy my birthday. I don't remember 21 and 25 and 18 and all that because I was grinding trying to take care of the baby. So I remember my 30th birthday, which is I jumped out of the airplane. Mm. I remember my 31st birthday because I got some tattoos, right? And so, um, and then I remember the 33 birthday because that's when everything took place yeah. and 34. So, um, man, I travel, I started traveling when I was 17, I believe. Um, and you know, I start, I start, um, I learned how to swim in my late twenties and that was scary because the fear of drowning. But I didn't want to be a statistic. You know, I didn't want to flood the head now so I couldn't swim, <laughs> you know, being African-American and stuff like that. I understand. But, um, I did so much that... Um, nah, I just want to touch base on it because I know, and then the more you talk about it, the more you're probably going, some of that stuff going to jump right back in there. But you got the, the 37th is on the way before you know it. So what's what you got on the, what you got on deck for the 37th? traveling just to get some book signings going on and and to really travel with my children just live maybe see more beaches in life yeah. um just to live i mean that's what 37 to me looks like yeah it's just living because your birthday is not promised to you and i know i know that <laughs> i i love it so, so the most important question now is what's your baby got to say i know one of us not a baby no more but what do, they, what do your kids have to say about you and, and your accomplishment? Well, I will hope that my kids will say that um, I am a good mother, that my mother had the strength to come back to us, you know, that, that my mother is, um, is not afraid to tell her story. Because my 16-year-old, um, at the time, she was left to caring for that one-year-old. Mm. And I was supposed to just to have that baby and come back in two or three days but that six-year-old had to take care of the one-year-old while my family had to be there for me. Yeah. And so, um, so I just, so I just want her to know um, that everything is going to be okay. And I know that she's proud of me, uh, proud of my accomplishment. And I, and I just hope that by her seeing that she will have a um, good life. She'll have to go through everything that I, that I done went through, Yeah. you know, that just follow the blueprint. Yeah. And, um, I, I would hope that they will be proud. Love proud. it. I mean, I love my babies, and they always say they love me and everything. I love. Nah, that's. Drop. 
Nah, that's good. <laughs> I love that. So I told you in the beginning of the show that the, the acronym for the show is Stand Tall and Reclaim Victory Every Day. So what does that mean to you? Stand Tall, Reclaim Victory Every Day. What does that mean to you? It means, to me, it means just if you fall down, just to get back up. Hmm. You know, stand tall. Don't hold your head down. Hold your head up. Hmm. And proclaim your victory that you are a winner, that you ain't going to lose out here. Yeah. You There's times that you're going to fall back, but don't look in your rear view mirror. You know, the past is a past for a reason for you to just just to keep moving. And that was just a lesson. Yeah. But proclaim that you have a purpose and proclaim that you're going to be all right and that you're going to win at all costs. Love it. Love it. Love it. Y'all, this y'all see why we do this. <laughs> y'all see why we do this here because it's, it's just so important. Again, it was just I listen to podcasts on a daily basis and I watch podcasts and I I don't I always hear the curbing of the stories and everybody's trying to get to the success portion of it, you know. And mm-hmm. the story needs to be told, um, especially yeah. us as Black people. Our stories have been whitewashed or washed. Period. Oh my goodness. Away, and you know. They leave out the part of uh, us being kings and queens and us being royalty and us being this. Like, it's a part of it. It's not just we were slaves. Or, and so those type of things in and, and, and schools and, you know, they, the history books are skewed. They're not talking about black history the way it is. And it's just so much of that's missing. And for Starve Talk, we did not want to miss out on anything. So anybody that comes on this show or come on our platform, we're definitely going to make sure that their story is told so that somebody else can actually get their breakthrough, possibly from. I want to mention something them. else to you too, sure. sir. So, uh, just speaking of um, us um, African American, I want to mention this too because it is statistically, uh, women of color um, are more keen to have a lot of bad delivery. Yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. more death and everything. I'm not trying to speculate and everything, but it it could be where. Um, because of my color, um, maybe I was complaining that I was hurting and that was maybe could have been overlooked. So it's so, you know, with that said, it's just very important that um, we just know our health and we just don't be quiet. If we hurting, we hurt. Yeah. And don't stop because until you get your victory, that something is not right. Yeah. And it's a good thing just to have family and support because they're speaking on your behalf as well. Yeah. And our so, education. Um, and our education as well about, you know, medical scenarios, because a lot of times we come into the doctor's office um, not knowing what should happen. It's just like somebody going to a car car lot or car or get their car fixed. If you don't know about cars, you get taken advantage of. So, you know, right. it's the same thing in the doctor's office. And um, you paper and don't, don't tell you. Maybe they'll give you paper and say you have to go through surgery, but they'll tell you all. Yeah, exactly. And again, it just brings it back full circle, telling the whole story. And this is what we need because I, you know, I, I, I witnessed that myself. You know, my, my son had strength, you know, went through a stream situation and it was because they was sticking his mother. I believe it was because they were sticking his mother with that. She had, um, the, the, whatever the um, numbness went away. So they gave her more stuff. So I think they were drugging my boy and you know what I'm saying? One of those type of situations. So, it's nuts, man, and we guys got to do better by educating ourselves, and it starts with things like this, platforms like what we have here, books. You know, it ain't always got to be the, the fun book that you're reading, and, you know, mm-hmm. like you got to have some knowledge, and the knowledge is in the books. 
And so we, we just, I want to definitely thank you, give you the opportunity to let everybody know how to find you, you know, all your social medias, all that other good stuff, website. Um, the book is being released, that, that situation, everything. Okay, I got you, I got you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you mentioned it. So, uh, God Within a Lily is set to release this summer 2022. Now, if it released earlier than that, there is a good way for you to find out. You can go to my website at www.shanichantel, that's S-H-A-W-N-I-S-E-C-H-A-N-T-E-L-L.com. Subscribe. Also, you can go there and pre-order this book before it hits Amazon um, and any other uh, bookstore platforms. But if you want to reach me, I do have a number. It's 612 Purpose. That's 612-787-7073. And on all social medias, as far as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, just social media platforms. If you search author Shanice Chantel, you're going to find me. I love it. I love it. Promote it. Promote it. Promote it. As I as, again. Yeah, that's part of it, right? Nah, and I love this. I love the phone number. That's dope. I love the phone number. That's dope. Listen, y'all already know how to find us. I won't starve.com. Jhalim.com. <laughs> YouTube backtaps backslash star starve talk. Go ahead and subscribe. You know, get on there so you can see that this exclusive interview as well as the other ones. But definitely go ahead and support her. Go ahead to the website so that you can go ahead and pre-order this book. And you know, make sure she coming to a, a, a theater near you. You know, because it's nothing. It's nothing like it. You know, um, congratulations. I'm telling you, is. It's a beautiful situation where you get to go to different cities. And, you know, I've been all over the country with my book. Yes, sir. And, you know, and to get the love that I've gotten is, is dope. And and we're looked upon as as great people. Like, I mean, when I go and tell people oh, I'm an author, they look at me like, oh, man, a black author. Like, you know, mm. so we still superheroes out here. You know what I'm saying? So just just know that you're doing major things and you have the right mindset forward and you're trying to help other individuals by telling your story but you're helping yourself as well because like you said with some healing that yeah. came out of yes yeah, so and it's nothing wrong with that you know we got to have that airplane method we got to put your oxygen mask on first and so it. it's nothing wrong with that but again you guys you know we we say here to starve starve stand tall and reclaim victory every day and definitely author Shanice has done that thank you so much So yes, man. So y'all know how to find us. Stay in contact with us. We'll see y'all next week on another show. Peace, y'all. I'm in the studio with Jay Halim. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Halim.